Hello, and welcome to the Vineyard Bowling Green Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message and look forward to seeing you this Sunday. I'm excited to get into our message. We are wrapping up our series on worship, okay? And I've been trying to bring a pretty simple approach to worship. And the goal of this series is to hopefully bring you to a place where you can just stop and think about the basics, who we are worshiping and why we worship, who we worship, what we worship and why we worship. And the reason why I wanted to start the year off with the kind of shaping of our minds around worship is because I think this year the Lord is going to develop deep and intimate roots deep and intimate roots in our relationship with him, in our connection with him, if we are open to it. If we're open to it, I really believe that. And the ways that we engage with the Lord and worship the Lord, it's so large and it's so eclectic, it's so random. All of us find different ways to worship the Lord with our lives and to give our lives to the Lord because we are created for worship and deep connection. We are constantly taking part in this search for deeper connection and deeper understanding of life and deeper significance, whether that's in all of our relationships, that's in our careers, that's in our hobbies, etc., whatever it is, we want it all to be real and we want it all to be significant and we want it all to matter. We want it all to matter. That's why it's important to take inventory of the things we devote our time to. It's so important to take inventory of the things we devote our time to because we can easily devote our time to things that we know or may not know is influencing us. We may not realize that something's influenced us in a way that it is until you actually do like an audit on your time and an inventory and take inventory of the time that you spend. And we can all be real practical about it here. We can all be very practical about it and have, and we have to take inventory of how we spend our time because Yes, we have this desire for these deep connections, this great career, this great life, this, this life of purpose and significance and, and truth and just living life in the best way possible. And we have this desire to build ourselves up, but we can easily be distracted. We can easily be distracted. It's so simple. I'm guilty of it. Everybody's guilty of it. And we can easily end up devaluing who we are called to be in the moment, Right? And only just still precious moments away that we could be engaging with, with godly things in our relationship with the Lord. But we are engaging, you know, we're, we're disengaging from these pure transformative moments that we can have with the Lord, with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the reason it's good to be practical with our time and to understand our time is because when we take inventory of the way that we spend our time, it often shows us our priorities, absolutely shows us our priorities. It shows us where our mind is, where our heart is. And, and that influences the way we think. It influences the way that we pray. It influences our relationship. It influences the way that we worship the Lord. And although we never change the affection of our Lord, we can make ourselves more open and we can make ourselves more aware and we can make ourselves more, um, really kind of in tune with, with what we've been invited to with the Lord. And we have been invited to the table. I talked about that last week. Who we are, the good, the bad, the ugly. We have been invited at the table. We have a seat at the table, not because of what you did to deserve it, 
not because of, of anything else, but who your father is in heaven. You've been invited to the table to worship. You've been invited. And we are all able to sit at the feet of Jesus in the presence of God, the Lord of Lords, beginning to end. And guess what? In all of that, in everything that he is, I talked about this last week, God is love. God is love. And you and I are the objects of his affection. And that's so important to understand. And God is dedicated to getting your attention. Did you all know that? That God is dedicated to getting your attention. He is dedicated to us receiving the gift of his affection. And this morning, there is nothing different about that. And that goes for the entire world. The people you love, guess what? God loves. The people you hate, guess what? God loves. Right? Very famous scripture, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. Right? And it's God's desire to bring in as many people as possible into that belief and understanding. And it doesn't matter at all what you did this morning. It doesn't matter who you voted for. It doesn't matter what you think of yourself. It doesn't matter how, how much influence you think you have in this world. The good news is we've been invited to the table just because God loves us. And we are invited to the table to have Jesus in our life, in our heart, and to be forever changed. Amen? Isn't that really good news? That gets me pumped up. And the reason why we worship is that right there. That is why we worship. Because we have a God of love who desires to be with you. And the reason why we worship is because of who we worship. And that is because we have something to sing about because we are always and constantly loved. We are always loved. That's something to sing about. That's something to pray about in a good way, right? That's something to pray about and to celebrate. We have a king who is alive that we can approach and he is good and his love endures forever. And the best part about this is that it's a life of responding to his presence. It's a life responding to his call. It's not necessarily just one song, right? It's not just a moment we spend turning the switch on. We get, the, we get to dedicate our life to him, right, for just a moment, right, by serving God with everything that we do and all that we are. It's a life. It's a dedication to loving our God who loves us so much because life is absolutely complicated and there's going to be a ton of different seasons in your life. And it's long and it's super tough and it's confusing and sometimes it's unfair and it's sometimes out of your control and we don't have all the answers, but what we have is an opportunity at all times to respond to what life is throwing at us by the way we worship. We get to take responsibility by the way we worship. Our response to what life is throwing at us is how we worship. Our worship is offering our lives to God. And when we bring ourselves into the reality that God is always present and available and with us and all we do, we begin to understand that seeking the Lord is more than just reading. It's more than just praying. It's more than just signing up for like a verse of the day. It's more than singing a song and meditating. What it includes all of that stuff, but what it really is about, it's paying attention. It's paying attention. It's being alive in our spirit and noticing that there's something bigger than you going on. There's something bigger than you going on. Not only are you seeking God in this life and seeking forth truth and purpose and doing all the right things, as you seek, 
we see something. We see that God is drawing near to us and his love is pursuing us and he is the seeker. That's what we get to see. That's what we get to commit our lives to. So the question is, how do we do that? How do we see that? How do we understand that even in tough times? How do we understand that even in really, really good, great times, right? How do we build a lifestyle of meeting God? How do we build a lifestyle of seeking God in the same and at the same time respond and be aware of his spirit drawing near to us? How do we pay attention to that? And why is that? First off, God draws near to us so we can be changed, right? God draws near to us so we can be changed and we can become more influential and we can become more equipped disciples, right? As we change, everybody on board with that? As we change, we become more equipped to do what Jesus has taught us to do, right? And become people who are passionate and wanna to contribute to helping our world grow and change for Jesus, right? We can become the witnesses that Jesus is asking of us. And that's the purpose of this. And we can teach people what Jesus has taught us. And, and we can do that by the, by the way that we have relationships with each other. And we can do that by the way that we act on social media. And we do it by the way that we raise our kids and we help our friends and we help our neighbors. We do all of that, right? And church, I just want to tell you right now that we are being called upon. And our kids are marching about it upstairs because they're excited. That we are being called upon to take responsibility for our worship to take responsibility to help and influence our schools, influence our neighborhoods, influence our gyms, influence the grocery stores, influence our workplace, influence our home. We are being called upon. It's more than just being kind and being polite, but it's about being generous people who are always paying attention, always paying attention to the heart of God, always paying attention where God is drawing near, being aware and being present for those around you and being available for those around you. So the question is, who are you influencing? Who are you influencing? Who are you helping? Who are you leading? And you have to wait for the right time and for the perfect thing to open up. God is writing a story with our lives, and each day we have an opportunity to add to that story. Each day we have an opportunity to add to that story. And I just want to encourage everyone this morning that this is it. This is the time. This is the season for you, for you to take responsibility and do the next right thing and to make time to build those up around you. It's time for that. This is the time for that. It's time. The world is ripe for that. And I think time is one of the most fascinating things in the world. Time is one of the most fascinating things in the world. When I was in college, I did a lot of study on time, mostly like time management. And I did a lot of research and studied a lot of different philosophies on, on time management and stuff. And I say that because time absolutely fascinates me and it absolutely scares me at the same time. That's why I don't like birthdays. The cards you guys wrote for me two weeks ago were so great. I kept them, put them in my little box. I loved them, read them all. Thank you so much um, for writing those cards for my birthday, even though it was Coney's birthday. Um, I'm so thankful for that. Um, it was very nice. Uh, but birthdays scare me because time just goes too fast. Time freaks me out. When you start studying time, you're like, oh, no. And it really freaks me out a little bit. But being aware of time is very spiritual and very important. And it's something that we have to be aware of, right? Just basic time. We are all given the same amount of time each day. We are given 24 hours a day, right? 
Who is given more or less? No one, right? 24 hours a day. And how we spend that time is so important and it's so significant as a believer. It is absolutely crucial. And we have such a great book that we're going through in small groups right now that goes into this great in, into great detail, and we're going to be going through it together as a group. So I, again, Wednesday nights and Thursday nights, you need to go to those. I highly encourage you to join a small group because it's going to be beneficial for lots of reasons. But how we spend our 24 hours a day matters to God. How we spend that, and it's important. Everything we do from working to playing to resting to just hanging around the house, right, to being lazy and having a Sabbath, it's all important and it's all significant. I think there's a kid getting murdered upstairs. Might be my kid. Uh, it's all important and it's all significant how we spend our day. And I think right now we are living in a world where our time can easily slip out of our control. Does anybody agree with that? Our time can easily slip out of control. And it's okay to be busy and all that, but I'm worried when people start living in this hyper living mode, we just start skimming along the surface of life. And we just start skimming along the surface of life when we live in this hyper-living mode. And if you ask someone about their life, chances are really good they are going to use what word? How's your life? How are things going? Good. Okay, good, Michael. Yeah. Uh, busy. Thank you, Abby. <laughs> good. Uh, yeah, there's a chance they're going to say good, but there's a chance also that people are going to then say good but busy. Right? Almost everybody says we're busy. And sometimes we are busy for good reasons, and sometimes we are busy for bad reasons. Um, some seasons of life and seasons of the year are busier than others. Right now, our house is crazy, but it's about to get crazier. For some reason, we decided to have another kid, so we're going to have three kids under the age of four at our house. And it's going to be nuts, and it's going to be crazy. And Jasmine and I try really hard not to be selfish during these times, and we are preparing ourselves to sacrifice as best we can for our kids. And we, we, what I'm saying is all of us have legitimate reasons why we are busy, but we have to make sure that we are living life and not just putting our head down and missing out on so many opportunities for community and so many opportunities to contribute to our world and to our city and to our neighborhoods and to our jobs. Don't just get stuck in the busy machine, right, in the routine, because it can absolutely affect your relationship with the Lord. Absolutely affects your relationship with the Lord. And busyness can absolutely creep into the church. Can people can just get busy in the church, too. You can get busy in your routine with the Lord as well, and you can miss some real moments with the Holy Spirit that you are called upon to do. It can absolutely creep into the church. During the 90s, there was a church in Florida. This is all true. I'm going to read you two quick things about two churches in the 90s. There was a church in Florida that offered express worship. Had on their sign, 45 minutes guaranteed. No more, no less. Pretty good, right? Significant. There was a church in New Jersey that offered 22-minute worship services with a tagline that said, you give us 22 minutes, we'll give you the kingdom of God. When I read that, I realized we're doing everything wrong here. <laughs> right? You give us 22 minutes. Why not 23? Why not 21? I don't know. 22 minutes. You give us 22 minutes, and we'll give you the kingdom of God. That's what the sign said. And I'm sure great things happened, and the Lord showed up. I'm not, I'm not saying anything. I'm not negating anything that happened there. But 
the church was offering a response to the chaotic schedule of life. But it really kind of devalued the purpose of church. Nowadays, the temptation is technology, right? Nowadays, our, our issue can be technology, and technology is not bad. Technology is great. But we can easily disconnect from our community around us. Real opportunities and real relationship with those that God has put within our reach. And there is definitely an online platform. See? Technology. That was not planned. We're not that organized. And there's definitely an online platform that the Lord can use so we can reach more people and all of that. And, and absolutely, technology is great. But the church can easily fall for responding to what the world is throwing at us. And sometimes the world throws a really big punch at us and the church just throws a little jab back. Your life is really, really, really busy, really, 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 really in, 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 uh, influenced by this crazy schedule. And so guess what? We're going to take the really important things away from you. We're going to throw a phone at you with just a podcast on it. That's great. You can learn a lot from podcasts. You can learn a lot from watching church online. And this year we've had to learn how to do all that, right? But community is something totally different. Community is something totally different. And sometimes the church falls for the big punch that the world throws at us. And we don't have to respond to that. We don't have to respond to that. This is a busy world. It's an absolutely busy world. So how do we worship God with our time? How do we take control of our time? It begins by acknowledging the first thing, and that is that time is a gift. Time is a gift. It's an absolute gift from God. We talked to this, about this a little bit this summer, but the New Testament uses two different words for time. They use chronos and kairos. And we talked a little bit about this this summer, but just I want to review a little bit. Chronos is measured time, while kairos is experience time. So there's two different ways to really look at time as a believer. But I still think that this holds enormous value. Chronos is measured time, while kairos is experience time. So chronos is the time of clocks, it's the time of calendars, while kairos is a quality of time. It's an experience in time. Kronos says, nine months have passed. While Kairos says, I'm going into labor. Right? It's two different things, two different views. Under the heading of Kronos time, God has established the pattern of days, weeks, months, quarters, and years. God has also established the cycle of rest, the cycle of work, the cycle of worship. And we see the value of understanding Kronos time in Psalm 90, verse 10 through 20. Go ahead and put that up, Alyssa. Seventy years are given to us. Some even live to 80. But even the best years are filled with pain and trouble. Soon they disappear and we fly away. That's why I don't like birthdays right there. Who can comprehend the power of your anger? Your wrath is an awesome your wrath is as awesome as the fear you deserve. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that way so that we may grow in wisdom. So we just read there that life is brief and life is fragile. And there's a huge advantage to being practical with your time because of that and practical with your time management and understanding how to squeeze the most out of your day. That's what this book kind of goes over, how to squeeze the most out of your, out of your day, your month, your week and your month. And, and the book we were going over is really, really good to help us with capturing the best out of these Kronos times. Now, under the heading of Kairos time, each event of life 
has its own season, has its own length of time, and we should recognize and make the best of the season that we are in, all right? And adjust our expectations so they are appropriate. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, we can read about the different seasons. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to harvest, a time to tear down, a time to build, a time to laugh, a time to cry. But later in verse 9, we can read this. Go ahead and put up that. So right after we go through kind of the seasons, it goes to this. What do people really get for all their hard work? I have seen the burden of God, the burden God has placed on all of us. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its time. He has planted eternity in the human heart, but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. So I conclude. I, so I concluded there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor, for there, for these are gifts from God. And I know that whatever God does is final. Nothing can be added to it or taken from it. God's purpose is that people should, excuse me, people should fear him. What is happening now has happened before, and what will happen in the future has happened before, because God makes the same things happen over and over again. So we seize the opportunities that each season of our life presents. And we do that by recognizing the difference of what is important and what is urgent. What's important and what is urgent. And to make the most of our Kairos times, we have to live with intentionality. We have to always be intentional with our time and intentional with what we do. And I'm learning how to be intentional and by recognizing what is important in life. And when I think about what is important in life, especially like the difference between what is, what is urgent and what is really important, I can't help but think of Matthew 6, 19 through 33. Go ahead and put that up, Alyssa. Very famous, right? Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. This is so good. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Call all your worries at a single moment to your life. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. Don't they work or make their clothing? Yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? 
These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows your needs. I love that. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. That's worship, right? Things that dominate us, that's where we spend a lot of time. Whether we spend a lot of time in thought or we actually spend a lot of time actively pursuing. It dominates our time. But your heavenly Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. It's understanding and recognizing what is important and what is urgent. So I want to end with two simple principles and then we'll, we'll be done. Because I think in order to worship God with our time and mind, with the days that we have to offer him in a manner of trusting that God is with us, first, first we recognize that God has entrusted each of us with a task. You understand that? God has entrusted each of us with a task. Each of us has guaranteed purpose here on earth. I want everybody to understand that, that not much in life is guaranteed. You're not guaranteed how long you're going to live. You're not guaranteed a marriage. You're not guaranteed a great career. You're not guaranteed anything except one thing in life, and that is purpose from the Father. You serve a purpose. There is purpose to your life, and there is value in your life, and you are significant and can be entrusted with a task in God's kingdom here on earth. That is so big. That is absolutely guaranteed. In the time that we have here on earth, we are entrusted with the task and with the purpose. And it's not like just a task, like you just have one task, like you're just like a one-hit wonder or anything, and you, you did something once and you're done. The task includes our entire life. You have a purpose with your life. That's guaranteed. It's absolutely guaranteed that your life matters. Your life is important. Second principle, because our life is short and the numbers of years we have is not guaranteed, we must live wisely and intentionally in order to accomplish all the tasks that God is inviting us into. We have to be aware of that. So this year, I pray that we understand the value in our time and that our time is connected to our worship and how we wake up each day with the anticipation that we are responding to the call of God on our lives. We are seeking the Lord in our minutes, our hours, our days, our weeks, etc. We are awake to the invitation. We are awake to the invitation that both the structured moments in our lives are His, and we are invited to the table, and the non-structured moments of our lives, the kairos moments that we just talked about, those moments when the unexpected happens, I pray that, that we get good at structuring our lives around worship in the chronos moments. I pray that we get good at structuring our lives. But I also, and I pray that we're good at, at it, like intentional discipleships. But I also never want to get so focused on my time and so focused on my structure that I miss the spontaneity in the relationship with my Lord. And I miss those around me that are in need of me. Because I need you, you need me, we all need each other, we need community. We all need each other. And I pray that we can respond to all the moments the Lord shows us that his will is being done on earth as it is in heaven. And the way that he accomplishes that most of the time is by giving you a task. And I pray that we are awake and aware of the invitation that he's given us. Amen? Amen.